when you look them in the eye through the camera lens and speak specifically to their need or want or opportunity or challenge or question, or again, a message of gratitude. And that creates this moment that builds psychological nearness and appreciation toward you that is a benefit to both parties because trust and I think at some layer gratitude are the currency of all commerce. Welcome to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast, where we explore the strategies and experiences that are driving mid-sized manufacturers forward. Here, you'll discover new insights from passionate manufacturing leaders who have compelling stories to share about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from B2B sales and marketing experts about how to apply actionable business development strategies inside your business. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. I'm Joe Sullivan, your host and a co-founder of the industrial marketing agency, Gorilla76. So I have two and soon to be three little kids at home, and I was thinking recently about how amazing it is that we have FaceTime. With grandma and grandpa in Wisconsin and all of us in St. Louis, the ease of simply clicking a button that allows them to talk face-to-face with someone they love who's 400 miles away is a pretty special privilege that couldn't have happened as recently as 10 or 15 years ago. To see a face while hearing a voice. Now bring that same idea into your business setting. We've all gotten used to Zoom and Teams meetings after a year and a half of pandemic life, but what about the messages you send to others? Prospecting emails, follow-up calls, thank yous and messages of gratitude, or even just regular daily internal communications with your teammates or employees. Think about the impact of someone seeing your face and hearing your voice as opposed to just reading a wall of text on a screen. What many people don't realize is that this kind of thing is pretty darn accessible these days. And my guest today is going to talk all about it. So on that note, let's get into today's conversation. This is one of my favorite interviews that I've conducted on this show, and I hope you find it as valuable as I did. Chief Evangelist at BombBomb, co-author of Rehumanize Your Business, and host of the Customer Experience Podcast, Ethan Butte has spent the past decade helping business professionals be more personal and human through simple video messages. He sent more than 12,000 videos himself. He's also spent a dozen years leading marketing teams inside local television stations in Chicago, Grand Rapids, and Colorado Springs. Ethan holds undergraduate and graduate degrees from the University of Michigan and UCCS in communication, psychology, and marketing. Ethan lives in Colorado Springs with his wife and son. Ethan, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Happy to be here. I appreciate you bringing this conversation to the folks in your very intimate and specific audience, I, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, it's I've been meaning to have you on the show for a while. I've known you for a bit here. And this topic is one I just love for my manufacturing audience, because as we're going to talk about here, it's this is a sector that's you know traditionally been very sales heavy and they're, they're good in sales in a lot of ways. But on the technology front, whether that means marketing or sales technology, whether, you know, using video, you know, this they tend to be behind and and it's there's like this technology hurdle and barrier that if we could just get people through this stuff and trying these things out it it can be transformational so i can't think of anybody better to talk about this particular topic than you 
Cool. Thank you. And there is really an intersection, not to get too far ahead, but there really is an intersection. Like once you get past the absolute basics of the technology, and we won't be too technical here at all because it isn't, it, it isn't really about that. We can return to what I know is important in this space, which is relationship, breaking down complexity and detail, maintaining contact, meaningful contact over a long sales cycle, all of these things. Once we get past the basic technology, it really is about human to human communication, being of service and value and all the other things that I know are important to getting deals done. Yeah. And I know there are heads nodding right now because that's exactly right. This is you know a lot of these businesses that I talk to all the time in the manufacturing sector. It's, it's their family-owned businesses, often second, third generation. They've traditionally built, they, it's been relationship businesses. They've, they've built relationships with people and, you know, you, you see something like video messaging pop up and where their heads probably go is new technology to learn. Whereas where their heads need to go is this is a way to connect with human beings in just a different way that frankly aligns better with how people want to communicate largely as, as we kind of, you know, move into this era, especially given what the last year has, has brought us. Absolutely. I, what I hear from a lot of people who've been in their business for a lot, because we work with all kinds of people in all kinds of roles from the front line to the C-suite. But what I hear from people who are like me, who are there at least a couple few decades into their career is this makes what I do fun again. This reminds me why I got into the business is because they get to lead with their very best sales asset, which is who they are. Yep. Absolutely. Love that. Well, Ethan, we're going to get into some different applications for video messaging in this conversation. But one place where I, I want to start, because I, I know that it's you know impactful for those in the manufacturing sector who embrace it. I can't tell you how many sales or biz dev folks I consult that say these exact words to me. You know, if I could just get in a room with my prospect, you know, then that's where the magic happens. It's we got to get through the through the front desk or get through the, you know, the receptionist and get to the person that they're they're trying to reach the the engineer or the the person having a technical challenge and talk shop with them and and like dig into the the problem they're having. And so I just would love for you to talk about I'm just going to stop there. Like if I could just get in a room with my prospect, what do you say to them in the context of, you know, video messaging? Yeah, I mean, obviously you can. There's no replacement for being eye to eye, face to face, across a table, or you know, whatever the context is. That's the reason we want to be in the room. And if we peel that a little bit further, we know that we want to be in the room because we can express ourselves and our sincerity and our interest and our enthusiasm, our expertise, all these rich qualities that we've built up in ourselves, we can convey that to the other person. Now, the reason that a live situation is better than what I'm about to transition to is that you have that feedback loop. You can also read the feedback of other people. You can respond and be flexible and adaptable to what's going on in the moment. You can respond to their questions and objections and all of that. So a live in-person conversation is obviously best, but the same reason that you want to get into that room at some level is the same reason you need to be including video messages before and in order to get yourself into the room, after you've been in the room, after the positive consequences of having been in the room. So what we're talking about here for folks who aren't familiar, when, when, when we say video messages, we just mean a head and shoulders video recording 
of you being casual, conversational, as formal as you want to be, but just a simple webcam or smartphone video, or you can also do a screen recording. We can get into the nuance of that later, but it's just, it's not a video for your homepage. It's not a video for your YouTube channel. It's not a video for marketing per se. This is about replacing what would otherwise be typed out text and complementing things like voicemails and other touch points in order to bring yourself to life and to create these in-person moments. Now, we've been through the pandemic creating in-person moments over Zoom or Microsoft Teams or Google Meet or whatever we're using, and that's live synchronous video communication. We're both there at the exact same time. So you and I had to coordinate across time zones. It wasn't difficult, but we had to coordinate across time zones to be here at the exact same time to make this moment happen. There's some really strong benefits to that. But in between these, whether it's live in person or live synchronous video communication, there are these moments where we can use recorded asynchronous video messages. And by that, I mean, I can record a video when it's convenient for me and send it to one person or to three people, or to 30 people, or 300 people, or even 3,000 people, and each one of them opens it up and has this in-person experience with me when it's convenient for them. And in this way, we're building a psychological proximity because not only can they get the message that we would otherwise have typed out in our keyboard, they get the tone, they get the intent, they get the subtlety, they get the nuance, they get to meet me in the case that they've never met me. If they've heard a voicemail of mine, my face and voice and personality in their inbox or in a LinkedIn message brings that to life. It complements these other touch points. And we can get into more of the benefits, but This is a video message that is like being in the room, even though it's one way, and it can be used in order to get you into the room, to again, follow up after you've been in the room and to to follow on to the positive consequence of having built some relationship with people. Yeah, great answer. I just think there's such a big difference between a wall of text on a screen and seeing someone's face and hearing their voice, you know, and and that applies in in so many cases. I'm a big advocate for for video content in general within in you know my my marketing process and what we do with clients for that exact reason you know it's it's one thing to hear or to see, you know to read thought leadership content from someone it's another to actually watch them talk about it and so i think it's taking that same principle and yeah applying it into say the prospecting process or you know following up after a sales call as as you mentioned so I don't know that I was I was going to go there at some point in this conversation this idea of humanization is there anything more you want to say about this idea of humanizing yourself and and along with it your brand Yes and I'll I'll try to keep it really simple and but I'll speak to it a couple different ways first to faceless typed out text the human brain does not recognize the writer of that text unless perhaps it's a really good friend or a relative or a client you've worked with for a number of years They see your email signature and it conjures. What does it conjure? It doesn't conjure the previous emails you've written them or the previous text messages you've texted them. It conjures your face and voice from the last time you were together or from a video message or like this this emotional resonance. And again, I use the term psychological proximity, this psychological nearness where they feel close to you, even in the absence of physical proximity. And so it works at that level. Another way it's against typed out text, which the next layer is kind of this emotional resonance and emotion starts to sound a little bit soft or a little bit woo woo, but we all have to be really honest with ourselves and know that 
a lot of decisions, maybe not the ultimate buying decision, even that is influenced by emotion, but the vast majority of our decisions are made every single day, including small ones like, should I reply to this email? Should I even open this email? Should I return this phone call? Should I make that personal introduction? Should I make that personal introduction before I do these four other tasks that are in front of me? All of these micro yeses that we need are dramatically made on a subconscious level. And that's to say the more primitive parts of our brain that tend to be visual and emotional in nature, right? The most advanced part of our brain is the conscious, rational thought. It requires the most labor and therefore our brain and our body don't like to kick decisions up to that layer. So over 90% of our decisions, research varies, but it's all almost all over 90%. Our decisions are made subconsciously. And so when we can create these much more emotional moments. And again, I don't mean that you're emoting in some passionate or sad or dramatic or overly happy kind of a way. I just mean when we speak to people with the full range of our expression, our face, our voice, our body, all of the nonverbal cues that are expressed through our face, our, our subconscious is constantly expressed through our face. And we're constantly reading the subconscious of others through their faces. It informs this process. It's what builds trust. It establishes empathetic feelings. It establishes kinship, all these things that we want. And so this idea of letting the same black text on the same white screen represent you when you could just as easily hit record and talk to somebody using your webcam, you're missing a huge opportunity to push a lot of these buttons that human brains need and want in order to make truly informed and completely informed decisions. And so that's all on kind of your side and the benefits to you. The last thing I'll say that also benefits you, but is more about the other person or the other people is that when you take 46 seconds out of your day to say, Hey, Joe, thanks so much for the introduction to Sarah. We had a great conversation. You were exactly right about, you know, what we have in common or how much she needs our service or whatever the introduction's for, right? If I take 46 seconds out of my morning or my afternoon and send you a thank you video with one or two reasons why I'm appreciative for something you did for me, and you could do this with your employees, you could do it with your clients, you could do it with your friends, anybody. If you simply used video messages to express gratitude once or twice or three times a day, A, it's going to be a huge benefit to you. It's very healthy for you to express gratitude. But B, these other people are going to feel seen and heard and appreciated in a way that even a typed out email won't do. It is similar to a handwritten note, right? The handwritten note does two things. It says, one, I made this just for you right? There's no faking the fact that I didn't mass produce this handwritten note. Now there are services that will fake handwritten notes. That's a whole separate topic for a separate conversation. Just your facial expression. I know that we're on the same page about faking a handwritten note. It just, to me, it just breaks the whole spirit of the, of the effort. Yeah. So it says, I made this just for you. And then also puts your personality on the page. You and I, Joe could have the same favor done by a common person. We both write a handwritten note, exact same words, but just looking at it on the page, it's going to feel different, but further, we're not going to write the same words. We're going to use language a little bit differently. And so it's a completely unique experience. I made this just for you. And my personality is on the page. A video message is the modern day handwritten note when used as a gratitude message, because there's no faking that I spent that 46 seconds and whatever it took before that to think about what I was going to say. And you get to see it. You get to hear it. You get to experience it in a much more complete and human way 
than if I had just typed it up as an email or, you know, sent it over as a LinkedIn message or texted it to you or whatever. And we'll typically stick an emoji or an emoticon on the back end of it to kind of like punch it up and try to make it a little bit more human. So this idea of allowing other people, whether it's a thank you message or any other message, this idea of speaking directly to one other person in a video message, A, it's still shockingly early in this movement. Not enough people are doing it. So the act alone is going to be differentiating, but the real powerful human element and then I'll give it back to you, is that you are letting someone know that you see them, you hear them, you understand them, you respect them, you appreciate them. When you look them in the eye through the camera lens and speak specifically to their need or want or opportunity or challenge or question, or again, a message of gratitude. And that creates this moment that builds psychological nearness and appreciation toward you that is a benefit to both parties because trust and I think at some layer, gratitude are the currency of all commerce, of the economy in general. Man, there, there was some powerful stuff in there, Ethan. That was really well said. That was awesome. I completely agree with everything you said there. And you just inspired me, I think, to... I, I'm a guy who uses a lot of video messaging, frankly, by, you know, in terms of when, when you look at it in the context of the rest of the business world, but some of the things you said there, just the thank you for an intro, like just uh, as opposed to you know, as opposed to responding back to an employee or coworker about something like just sending them a personal message and, or saying, thanks for helping me out with this thing, or, Hey, you, you really crushed it on, on that presentation earlier today. And these are a few things I think you did really well or, or whatever. I mean, I can see, I can like, just, I can see all the applications where I could be doing more of this. And, and yeah, the, the appreciation that probably comes from that on the other end is really meaningful. Well, so I'll add one more tactic to that and then we can move on. I, I keep a notebook. I'm, I'm a handwritten guy. I've always taken notes by hand, et cetera. So I keep a notebook at hand. And when I hear a team member's name, so like I'm in our senior leadership meetings at BombBomb. And if I hear, say, a frontline customer success manager or a frontline business development rep, if I hear their name mentioned in a senior leadership meeting, A, I don't work with those people directly. I sometimes will have contact with them a lot less since we've been in the been out of the office. But I'll write that down. If I see something on LinkedIn, I'll write that down. If I if I'm if something comes to mind, if someone comes to mind, I'll write that down. And then I'll just block 15 minutes one morning and just knock out five or six of these like thank you or I was thinking about you or hey, I just remember this awesome time when in that way, A, you're developing kind of again this healthy habit of of gratitude in general, but B, you're making it easy on yourself because what has happened to me until I started that habit is someone comes to mind or uh, uh, you're appreciative of someone like maybe out on a walk, I run and hike and walk a lot. I'll be out on a walk or run or a hike and like these things will kind of come and go, but I can't act on them in the moment. And so they just escape me. And so by writing them down and then just, you know, a couple times a week, making these little 15 minute blocks, I'm able to share these thoughts and feelings with people that make my work more meaningful. I'm sure they, I don't think of it in a transactional way, but I know I just have confidence that there's a transactional benefit to it, that people are more likely to say yes to some of those micro yeses I was talking about before and return the favor and they'll feel awesome about it too, or they'll feel encouraged or they'll get the message. I mean, some of these can be corrective messages of concern or feedback or whatever. And to, instead of waiting for that next one-on-one -on -one meeting where with your direct report, you can give feedback along the way. And when you do it by speaking it, you can include some of that. You can, you can soften the blow a little bit. I mean, you can, when you type a message out, you're giving away complete control over how the message is read. 
If you type out a message, even if you're completely well-meaning and someone wakes up on the wrong side of the bed, or they just got bad news about their wife or their parent or something, or you know something negative has happened, or on the other hand, something super positive has happened, they're going to read your message differently. You give away all control there. And so, for example, some of our customers are college professors. We have a number of college professors who use it, A, to introduce themselves to their virtual classes, but then B, as they're giving feedback on projects, and of course, this applies to any manager who's trying to manage behavior, manage performance, manage outcomes, build into people, make people better. You need to give feedback consistently, but they do it through video because it doesn't feel as harsh or stark or blunt as straight redlining, you know, an assignment, you know? And so, so again, when you, even if you are perfectly well-meaning and constructive feedback or criticism of a team member, if you type that out to somebody, you are giving away your intent in, in at some level, meaning completely to their own whim. And I think most people, when they hear from their boss, I don't know about you, I know you work for yourself at this point, but you know, most people tend to have enough self-doubt, even high-performing people suffer a lot of this because they always want to be better. In fact, they might suffer it more. If I get a message from my boss, I'm looking for reasons that it has you know, some kind of a negative charge or a kick in the ass to it that may not actually be there. And so I just went on that tangent, but it helps convey tone, intent, and meaning in a way that is meaningful to other people and useful for other people. Totally agree. Gosh, I can't, I can't tell you how many times I remember when I was a kid, like hearing that thing from my mom, I don't like your tone of voice. Well, I didn't say anything bad. Yeah. But your tone of voice and I remember getting so mad, but it's a Right. That's what it is though. And, and I, I think your examples are really good. The, the way, you know, when, when you, you receive a message from your boss, that's a great one. Like you, you're going to interpret the tone behind that. You're based on, you know, your fears and, and your self doubt. And when you can see that person smiling at you and delivering a message with a, a an uplifting tone, I mean, geez, what a, what a different impact that's going to have on you. So one of, of probably many examples, but. Yeah. Sincerity is the word that echoes, by the way, if you don't actually mean what you're saying, don't use video. Cause that'll come through. Absolutely. There you go. Well, I, and I will say, I, I remember you may given how the 12,000 video messages you sent, I got one from you. You and I met because we were in a, which I think, I believe you're still in a kind of a mastermind group with, with some other marketing professionals. And you know, I, I love the group, great guys and everything, but I, I felt a little like, ah, this, this probably isn't the right group for me, given my role as an agency owner and blah, blah, blah. But, but when I, when I kind of said, Hey, I guess I'm going to, I'm going to stop, I'm going to exit here. And, and I got a message from you, like, you know, a few days later that that was, it was very sincere. Hey, Joe, is it really great getting to know you over the last few months? You know, we'll miss you here. Let's keep in touch. And I remember getting that out of the blue and being like, that's really cool. And, and you're right. It was, it was a 20, 30 second message. That's all it was. And it was just, it was just you being a human being and saying something real. And that really resonated with me. And, and the impression, I, I had a good impression of you already, but like, it, it just took it up a notch. I'm like, that was really cool. Like just a, a kind, sincere, you know, simple message. And, and it took 30 seconds of your day to do, you know? Yeah. It's again, it's this gift of your time and your attention. Time and attention are two of the most valuable resources that we have and or things that we want more of. I mentioned trust is the currency of the economy. Attention is its necessary precursor and time is its limitation, right? And so when you can give someone the gift of your time and attention, whether it's 14 seconds or 14 minutes, there's no mistaking that. And then contrast, 
if a, let's just say a prospective customer, you know, you've been in a little bit of conversation with them and they reach out to you with a question. It's a question that you haven't covered in any calls or any other exchanges before. And you spend 27 minutes typing up a reply and editing the reply and dropping in a couple of links, et cetera, et cetera. They have no idea whether that took you 27 seconds or 27 minutes. On the other hand, if you take seven minutes and 22 seconds, which by the way, we speak four times faster than we type. And so if, if it's a question that you already know the answer to, A, you're going to save some time by talking instead of typing. B, I think you're going to communicate it in a more complete and clearer way, especially C, if it, it would benefit from a screen recording where you're showing and telling. But the point I want to make on this is, besides saving time, is there's no mistaking the fact that you spent seven minutes, and I forget how many seconds I made up in this scenario, but that you spent seven minutes of your time looking them in the eye and saying, hey, Jeff, it's Ethan. Thank you so much for this question. I hear it from time to time. Typically, this is what motivates that question. So I think I know where you're coming from. Happy to get on a call and talk about this if that'd be helpful. But I wanted to share with you three different ways to think about it. First, blah, 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 blah. Second, blah, blah, blah. There's no mistaking that you gave that gift of your time and attention. So whether it's a 30-second hey, dude, you're awesome. I appreciate you. Or whether it's a seven minute, here are the three ways to think about this problem or anything in between. There's no mistaking that gift of your time and attention. And even if you would have given more time and it would have required more of your attention to do it another way, they don't know that. There's no tangible evidence of that. They can't feel it. They'll never intellectually know it. They'll never even subconsciously know it. And as I said before, in some cases, if you don't know them well, they do in this made up scenario I just offered, but if they don't know you well, they won't even assign that 27 minutes of writing to a human writer. Our brains just don't do that. I feel like people rag on or kind of, you know, psychology majors get, get a, you know, not a bad rap, but what do you do with that degree? I see it all coming out in everything you're saying right here and, and being applied in the real world. It's, it's about understanding how people think and how they respond to, to messaging and interact. I just love the way you're tying all that into, you're getting in the shoes of, of the person on the other end of this message and thinking about like, what are they going to feel when they see this, right? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, the second book that I wrote with my friend, Steve, who is my co-author on Rehumanize Your Business is titled Human-Centered Communication. Like we haven't done the marketing on it yet. It comes out in the fall, but it's this idea of human centricity. The first principle of it is to think first and foremost about who's on the other end of it. And if we can at least meet them halfway or perhaps even over halfway and make it easier for them to verify and understand things like, why am I getting this? Who is this person sending it to me? Why did they send it to me? Are they basically competent? Do they have any sense of caring about me? What is their intention here? Is it selfish or is it, or is, are they coming in a, uh, some spirit of service? The more we can make these things clear in our messages and the, the more we're intentional about who we're reaching out to rather than just operating on automatic mode or worse, operating on selfish or greedy mode, which, you know, I think in the manufacturing space, you don't probably suffer as much kind of spam automated blasting as some other businesses. Not the way you would in, in SaaS or professional services or yeah. 
Right. Because you're t- here's the, and here's the sensitivity, A, it, depending on how specific that sub industry is, like whatever your specialty is, you know, there are only X number of vendors and as a, and, and there are only X number of customers. And so the more you burn down relationships by being selfish or greedy with your communication with a limited total addressable market, like how many businesses are there for a generator of this capacity, for example, right? There aren't that many. How many hospitals are there in the United States or whatever the case may be, right? And so, you know, I think a lot of people are, are, are naturally and intuitively sensitive to that. So that's my kind of qualification. Like there are other businesses that need 80,000 customers in order to, to be successful, you know? And so they're willing to mistreat millions of people in order to get to those tens of thousands of people without regard for how at the at the gentle end annoying or frustrating it is to get bad messaging and how obnoxious and angering it is at the other end so in any case i appreciate that that recognition of thinking about other people we don't have to dwell in it we don't have to do you know 3 days of research before we type an email to someone we haven't met before but you know some basic understanding of who they are beyond simple demographics like they're in this business they're in this role their organization has this many employees and they're doing revenue of this like that's all helpful information if you deal with a lot of people who fit those criteria great but there's still unique things about that person and that business in particular that are helpful in terms of constructing messages and experiences online that will be helpful to them that are much more likely to earn attention, generate a basic level of trust through clarity and consistency in a way that produces engagement and builds some level of reputation so that the next time your name or your brand name or your email address shows up in front of them on their screen, they go, they don't say this consciously, it's all subconscious. I'm basically familiar with this name or this company name And I feel kind of basically good about it because they've sent me a couple of things and it's been helpful. Ethan, let's shift gears here for a minute. So most of the manufacturing organizations that my company, Gorilla76, works with are a lot of them sell big ticket products or solutions that require long sales cycles, committees of buyers who have different jobs and goals and issues and needs in their roles. I'd love to hear you talk about how video messaging can be used in those longer sales cycle situations where you're you're dealing with a handful of people who are going to play a role in that buying decision along the way. Yeah. A few key ideas here. First and foremost, and we've already alluded to it, but I haven't said it explicitly. Anytime you're sending a message in a digital format, you have the opportunity to make that a video or to add a video to it. So anything you're currently doing right now to respond to inbound or outbound opportunities, to set appointments and follow up after appointments, to do second or third meetings, to ask for warm introductions to the real decision maker in the case that you've been communicating with, you know, some kind of an advocate or champion or influencer of the real decision, anything that you're doing right now where you want to break down detail or complexity, establish some level of personal connection, or you want to manage emotion or tone, positive or negative, these are all great spots to add a video. And you can do it anywhere that you're currently messaging. A couple spots where it's especially helpful and a couple reasons why. First, we've both mentioned this one. After an appointment is set, but it hasn't been held, We've seen people dramatically increase show rates and start warmer and faster by just sending 
a confirmation, whether it's uh, what we call an evergreen video where you record the video once, because let's just say this meeting is 80% that this initial meeting or the secondary meeting is 80% the same. And so there's not really necessarily a reason to do a unique video for every single one of them. That said, these are high ticket situation. So I don't imagine that you're doing so many that you couldn't do a truly personal video. Truly personal is always better than evergreen. When you can greet someone by name and speak specifically to everything that you know about them and their situation. So once you set the appointment, we've seen it increase hold rates and create warmer and faster starts when you just simply say, hey, thanks again for your time on the phone today. Looking forward to getting together next Thursday. That's going to be at your office. Looking forward to getting over there at four o'clock. You mentioned that this person and this person are also going to be in the room. I'll reach out to them separately. I'm doing a lot of preparation for this. You you know, you know, may have, they, if they have preparation, remind them of what they need to do, maybe add a link down below, whatever. And so this, this, this idea that you are invested in this meeting and you can create and convey some level of excitement, remind them why they got on the phone with you in the first place, remind them what's in it for them. Like it's kind of this pre-sale scenario and it creates some excitement about the meeting. And again, in, in the case you haven't met, they feel like they know you before they meet you. This happens all the time. They greet you much differently, even though you don't, in some cases, like I've been greeted. I don't know if this has happened to you based on all the video that you've done and probably some of the industry events and conferences you've been to, you know, before pre-pandemic being greeted by people you've never met, but they act like they know you really, really well. You know, a lot of people run from that dynamic. They feel like it's this kind of faux celebrity or influencer type thing. It's not, this is about people feeling like they know you before they meet you. The real money is after the initial meeting or after the initial phone call where you can thank them again for their time, reiterate any of the things that, that were exciting to them, what was motivating them. You can address any objections again. You can restate why, why you are or perhaps not uniquely qualified to advance this thing. You can convey next steps, et cetera. Something about answering questions. We've already talked a little bit about that too. When a question comes, like maybe in between calls, like anytime a question comes, when you can send a video back, this is something, and the same thing with the post-meeting video, there's more broadly across the, all of these videos, is they're easily forwarded. And when you give someone something they can easily forward to people who weren't in the room, who you want to know who you are, you want to convey your expertise or your enthusiasm or your sincerity or your gratitude, you get to carry yourself forward into the organization and you're making it easy for the other person to do. Absent a video follow-up, you're relying on typed out words, faceless text, and whatever the person who was in the meeting remembers about the meeting and conveys about it to other people. You're using typed out text in another person to be your proxy and to be your salesperson into the organization, whereas a video allows you to do that yourself. A couple other use cases, as you get deeper down, I really like peer-to-peer, my CEO to your CEO, my CTO to your CTO, my COO to your COO, whatever the case may be, whatever roles are relevant. It just kind of creates this kinship and this awareness of like, this company is going to be a true partner of ours, as opposed to a vendor or a, you know, a salesperson or a sales transaction. This is a partner of ours. Another one is you get deeper into the selection phase. A, if you're using video in a couple of these touch points, you're already differentiating yourself from anyone else that you might be competing with for the business. But especially in the selection phase, when you start getting into contracts and really detailed presentations or technical specs or whatever the case may be, instead of just sending the document over with a bunch of typed out text, 
and then hoping to schedule a meeting with the 12 people that need to review the document. Good luck getting all those people into the same room at the same time. You can send a video screen recording along with the documentation or along with the contract or along with the proposal. And you can do things like if you have accommodated their needs, if you, if you, if you've negotiated and you've included some of their interests in what was otherwise a contract that was, you know, one that you wrote or your boilerplate or the one that you prefer to use, if you've accommodated them in any way, point that out. Let them know that you've made that accommodate. Don't make them search for it. Don't refer to it and say, you know, you might find it on page seven. Show it to them. Talk about why it's there. If you get pushback, if something typically gets redlined by other companies' legal teams, speak to that in advance. Preemptively explain why it's there and how it's a benefit to both parties instead of allowing it to go in and they get to, again, make up their own mind about what the intent of this passage is, right? And so you can position these things in a way that A, makes something that's detailed or complex much more digestible. B, you can demonstrate partnership. C, you can preempt some friction or confusion or complaints or red lines. And again, this is all just about making it easier for other people and thereby accelerating the process, which of course is a benefit to you and your team. So that's just a few ideas that were spurred by your question. Oh man, there's just so much gold in there, Ethan. That was awesome. I'm going to build a little bit on what you said here and, and bring it down to this manufacturing specific audience. So here are a few ideas to apply things that Ethan just said. So one that you said that I have never even thought of that I love, and I love that I am learning things on this call right now. So you know, the idea of the peer-to-peer thing is really interesting to me. Like, Let's say you are a sales professional in a manufacturing organization, like probably a lot of the people listening right now and you are talking to engineers at a prospects business, well, you can, how about after, after you, you get out of that meeting, you go brief your, one of your engineers, your technical professionals, who's the one actually building solutions and brief them on, on the issue you just heard about and have them talk about it at a much deeper technical level on a short video. And then you deliver that to to the, the person you were just talking to and say, hey, I just went back. I had my you know senior design engineer or whoever kind of break this down a little bit. He wanted to introduce himself to you. You guys would probably be talking a lot if you're going to be working together. Two, three minute video there. I mean, wow, how impactful would that be? Or how about if you... If you've got a product, think in your prospecting process, you have a product that you can hold in your hands, or if not, you, you, you're a machine builder, go into your, into your shop and stand in front of it with your phone or prop your iPad up or even your laptop or whatever, and, and talk about it. Say, hey, we just talked about this type of thing. I want to show you this in action, this thing we talked about, and it's right there next to you. Like You could do that and answer your question with something in your hands or, or sitting next to you. You could get out, you know, some some question they had that you got your company has answered in a blog post or a case study. Pull the thing up on screen and do the screen recording and talk through it with your face sitting right on top of that screen recording and answer their question and send that as your follow up email or your your check in a week later rather than just checking in like like everybody does. Like create some value and and you know address an issue that, you know, you guys talked about. So there's, there's some very specific manufacturing, I think examples, but man, so much good stuff there, Ethan. Yeah, that was really good. I love what you offered about the product, whether you can hold it in your hand or stand in front of it or something, the difference. And I just want to be clear for people, you know, who are now thinking about this more tactically because you brought it right to them, you know, Sure, you might have a corporate produced video that someone on in your team or at an agency, you know, spent $6,000 producing and it's sitting in YouTube and it's maybe on the appropriate page on your website. 
And that could be helpful and that could go far enough with the, you know, the can narrative and the music underneath it and the slow pans and the slow zooms and all this stuff. And that can be useful. And I'm not taking anything away from that. I call that like video or marketing through video, which is really useful. The way you brought it down though, Joe, is what we call relationships through video. You're not just showing the product and talking about the product in a generic sense for anyone who may need or want this product. You're saying because of the conversation we had, or because of the question you asked, or even more nuanced, because of the way you asked that question, I want to stand in front of this thing and talk about it specific to you. It's such a different experience. And again, it's this level of care and attention for the other person and their needs or wants that just cannot be ignored. It just pushes so many human buttons that say, oh my gosh, this person gets me. And I don't mean that in like a soft relationship type way. It's like this thing that we all need is like, I need to be seen and understood. In this case, I need to be seen and understood in a professional context as someone who whose job security is dependent on making a good decision here. You know, it, it just does that so much differently than, and I love your example too, of walking through a blog post or some other kind of, it already exists and sure you could send the link. But again, going to this idea of meeting someone halfway or over halfway with, with clarity, tone and intent and value you're making meaning specifically for them. You could just send the link, but that starts to look like a homework assignment. Hey, thanks for your question, Gina. Here are four links to our two are to our support site and one two are to our blog. I hope you can discern what this means for you personally. Yeah, here's here's what you can do with your next hour of your day, right? Correct. It looks like a, like an assignment that nobody wants in a you know in a busy world. And so this idea that you and again this makes you the authority and you the expert. You're taking this and putting it specifically in the context of them and their business. It's just it's super powerful. Totally, I love it. Well, Ethan, we could talk all day here. I I've, I can't believe how many good nuggets there are in here for any anybody listening. But you know, is there anything you'd like to add to this, or applications we haven't talked about that you wish we had, or want to just kind of open it up to you before we put a wrap on it? Sure. Just a couple again for people who are thinking about this practically and think, gosh, this sounds really really interesting. Just a few things. One, if you want. I wrote a piece called the video adoption guide and it goes through common questions, common objections, the four stages to adopt as an individual, a team, or as an entire organization. It's got over 50 use cases across the customer life cycle. Cause this obviously works post-sale just like it does pre-sale across the employee life cycle. This is fantastic for recruiting, onboarding, managing. We talked a couple kind of management use cases. And even within your own personal network, that's something I'm happy to share with anybody. And I'll send you the link to Joe, if you want to drop it in like show notes or whatever. So for people who want to go deeper on that, because we don't really have time to, but a couple practical pieces. One, and I'm not selling here, but you are going to want a service to do this. You could like, if you have to set up a camera and stand in front of it and record it, and then transfer the video over to your laptop and cut the front and the back off and, you know, upload it to someplace and then screenshot it so that it looks like a video and put the screenshot somewhere and link the screenshot over to where that video lives, whether it's YouTube or Vimeo or somewhere else. Like you're just not going to do, you're never going to get to 50 videos or hundred videos. You're never going to make this a normal part of what you do. Just like typing up digital messages is a normal part of what you do. Picking up the phone is often a normal part of what you do. This will, you'll never get there if you don't have something that makes it fast and easy to do. And yes, BombBomb does that, but so do many other services. We'd love to talk with you about that, but I do recommend a service. And another reason why, and this is kind of a tactical, practical piece is going back to this idea of sending a video to one person like after a meeting, 
or walking through a presentation or a proposal or something like that, something we often hear is, hey, Ethan, I sent this to one person, but it got opened 18 times and the video got played seven times. Like what's going on? I'm like, don't worry. They're not like creepy and they, they're not just per, in love with you and they want to watch this video over and over again. A, someone might watch something two or three times to make sure they're perfectly clear. That's another benefit of doing it on video is they don't have to try to remember two days later what you said on the phone call. It's there on record, but again, they can easily forward it to other people. And so if you use a more formal service like BombBomb or another, we can tell you how many times your email is getting opened, how many times your video is getting played, how long your video is being watched on average. And this gives you a layer of intelligence to kind of help you know when to follow up. Is this getting traction internally, et cetera, et cetera. And again, if it doesn't get opened or it doesn't get played, that's another sign that it's time to drop another voicemail and or reply to that and just say, hey, you know, provided this for you for these reasons, do you have any questions about it? Right. And so that that intelligence is helpful in terms of follow up to, again, keep things moving. Things that can show signs of intent or correct otherwise are, are just such valuable things to, to feed your sales team and, and you know, yourself in, in when, when you're trying to communicate with people. So I really like that. So so you, everybody listen here, go check out BombBomb. It's BombBomb.com. Great tool for everything we've talked about today you do need a piece of software. You need a tool. This is not, these aren't major investments either, which is is the cool thing. Like you can get started at very reasonable price and you figure out if it works, you get used to it. And I, I, I can almost guarantee you're going to fall in love with video messaging. Once you get the first few under your belt, there's like, you just got to get yourself comfortable with it. Like get through that little technology barrier that's standing in between you and actually doing this. Just do a few, do send one to your mom, right? Or, or whatever. And just, just try it. I love that. Okay. So I, I know we're short on time and we don't have time to get into the psychology of why it's so hard to get started, but as a listener, you need to know you're not going to be comfortable the first time or the second time or the fourth time. Some For some people, it happens on the 6th. For some people, on the 12th. I just watched a video from a guy that was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I'm on the other side of this. It took me 60 videos, but now I'm like rocking and rolling and I've sent 2,000. And so, and I also like your tip of starting with people you know and who know you with simple messages like, thank you, good job, congratulations, I've been thinking about you. Starting you know, it's a different thing to send to a prospect that has, you know, a six or seven figure deal. If it all goes well, like that's a much more intimidating and challenging situation than reaching out to a friend or a former colleague or someone that you just had lunch with. So start in a low threat environment where it's easy to do it and then grow from there. And again, you can see that in that video adoption guide that I'll I'll share with you. And I'll share with anyone who emails me at Ethan, E-T-H-A-N at bombbomb.com. Awesome. Well, you, I think that's well said. And, and you answered my next question, which is how can we get in touch with you? Sure. Yeah. LinkedIn uh, it's spelled B-E-U-T-E is my last name. I'm connected to Joe. And so when you see that you have us in common, you've got the right Ethan Butte. I think I'm still the only one on LinkedIn, but LinkedIn or email and happy to answer any questions people have. I've been doing this for a decade. I love it. I believe in it. I've seen it work in a variety of roles and in industries in a variety of sales motions and post-sale motions and I'm happy to turn anyone on to it by getting them over some of the early hurdles. Awesome. Well, yeah, check out what the Ethan's doing. I'm always jealous of people with names like Ethan Butte, as opposed to the probably 2,500 Joe Sullivan's that are on, on LinkedIn. Go check out his podcast, the Customer Experience Podcast. I mean, you you know now listening to Ethan today, what kind of insights he is 
capable of, of sharing with you. So go check out his own podcast. And then what's that stack of orange books I see behind you? Talk about that for a second. Yeah, that stack of orange books, uh, it's Rehumanize Your Business. It's a book I co-authored with my longtime friend and team member, Steve Passanelli. The subtitle of Rehumanize Your Business is how simple video or how personal videos accelerate sales and improve customer experience. So we talk about a lot of these themes. We get a little bit into the psychology. We get a little bit into the technology. We get a lot into use case stories and examples and success stories. And the goal is to, you know, that what Wiley pushed us to do, our, our publisher on it, was to really walk out, you know, the, the guy that was our editor on it didn't know anything at all about video messages. And so he really demanded that we break it down in a very structured, straightforward way. So it, it should be welcoming to people, no matter their level of familiarity with kind of the themes that we talked about today. Awesome. Well, check out Ethan's book as well. I mean, so much stuff you've put out there. So man, awesome conversation. I, I had like three more questions queued up for you that I had to scrap because we, we it was just too much good stuff and we can't do two, a two hour podcast. So I really appreciate you doing this, Ethan. This was awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Sorry we went long and you know, I'm never going to tell you no, if you want to ask those other questions in the future. Beautiful. Yeah. I think we're going to have a, a part two queued up at some t- sometime down the road here. So well, thank you, Ethan. And as for the rest of you, I hope to catch you on the next episode of the Manufacturing Executive. You've been listening to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to learn more about industrial marketing and sales strategy, you'll find an ever-expanding collection of articles, videos, guides, and tools specifically for B2B manufacturers at gorilla76.com learn. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. <laughs>